It's episode 94 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And we're building the perfect venue in Dayton. With the help of you, the fans of the local Sunday Sports Podcast, we build and design our perfect venue to bring sports back to Dayton, Ohio. Can we build it? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. And plus, I don't have the money for that. Do you have the money for that? Anyway, episode 94 of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Welcome to another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Opening theme from Music Radio Creative. Visit theleewmallon.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite podcasting platform. Now for our host, Lee W. Mowen. But first, a few changes to the podcast. I know, it seems like every week there's a change, but these ones are good ones. The first change of two, this podcast is now part of the Rise Up Podcast community. What is that, you might ask? Well, listen to this promo and find out. I'm Ty Yeager, and I want to introduce you to the Rise Up Podcast community. A community for podcasters created by podcasters, dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. Rise Up is not a network. There are no contracts and no control over your content. Just a vessel for you to spread the word of your work and connect with fellow podcasters to collaborate, create, and promote. And guess what? It doesn't cost you a single cent to join the community. Join the Rise Up podcast community today by visiting our website at bit.ly slash community and follow the community on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Again, that's bit.ly slash community and at rupodcommunity on Twitter. Come and join the community of podcasts and rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast Community. Yeah, I'm pretty excited being part of the new community. Lots of great podcasts there. You get to meet a lot of great people. Now, when you visit the website, make sure the R, the U, the P, and the C are capitalized. The P and pod, not the P and up. It didn't work for me when I visited, but there you go. Some of the podcasts include Joey Bag of Donuts, who I was a guest on one of his episodes talking Cincinnati Bengals. And I think I was quite positive, and it didn't turn out anything like I predicted. So there you go. And the second change is that now I'm part of this group that's sharing their podcast on Overtime Heroics, a great form site, which if you're interested yourself, go visit OvertimeHeroics.com. It's free to register, and you can talk about your favorite team, favorite sport, and everything in between. It's a great site. Happy to be a part of it. And those are your two changes of the podcast. And now, let's build the perfect venue. Got a nice bit of response from my friends on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm going to mention their ideas first before I throw mine into the hat. Because mine are still kind of unorganized. So, there you go. We'll start off with the Facebook comments first. From Rodney Kendall. You know hockey would be at the top of my list, Lee. Most of these were hockey, by the way, because 
you know, me being the hockey broadcaster, the demons of the demolition, met a lot of great fans and still talk hockey. So there you go. That's your warning, I guess. Rodney would build an arena at the Austin Landing exit of 75 and would look to add an ECHL team. Now, if you remember back when the Bombers existed, one of the last few years they did, Costa Pabrista was looking at a downtown rink, and there were also rumors about building an arena at Austin Landing. This is before Austin Landing was really a thing. Now it's got a Coles and a Kroger and a movie theater and Field and Stream, which is like Dick's Sporting Goods, but, you know, outdoors. So Austin Landing is one that's been hit on a couple times. ECHL, which would be double-A of minor league hockey. It's not technically double-A, but you, you get what I'm saying. Now, the closest rivalry would obviously be Cincinnati. Then you got Toledo up I-75, Indianapolis on I-70 West. So the fit's there, but would it be too close to the other ECHL team? Who knows? But there we go. Let's move on. This is from Brian Reese. Again, if you haven't listened to episode 93, go do that. And then come back here, I guess. I don't know. Or listen to this, then go listen to that. He had the source material on GemCitySports.com talking about how Dayton's minor league sports scene has dwindled away to just Dragons and Dutch Lions. And both of those teams are in the summer. And back in 2005, there was a little bit of everything, except soccer, actually. Had hockey, basketball, indoor soccer. And baseball, of course. Dragons would have been in their fifth year in Dayton, Ohio. Brian's comment, assuming money and everything else was not an issue, which it's not. I said, if money's not an issue, why are you building and who are you trying to attract? I'd put an indoor arena that could fit a hockey rink somewhere downtown. Maybe somewhere near where all the fun stuff is at, the Oregon District, the microbreweries in town. For an outdoor venue... Brian's torn between either building a new football and soccer stadium right next or close to fifth third field or a massive renovation of Welcome Stadium to completely modernize it. Now, Welcome Stadium, we'll go backwards on this comment. Welcome Stadium is the home of Dayton Public Schools football and it's owned by DPS. It's also where the University of Dayton Flyers play their football at, mostly Saturday afternoons. It is also the home of districts and regionals track during the springtime. I like Welcome Stadium. Great old venue. But it could use a little touch-up. Plenty of parking. The press box could use an elevator. <laughs> if you ever climb the stairs of Welcome Stadium to get to the press box, you know what I'm talking about. Once the home of the Dynamo, it was the home of the 2016 squad, while Roger Glass Stadium at CJ was being built. The nice thing about Welcome Stadium is it's easy to access on 75. You just get off Edwin C. Moses Boulevard, head east past the baseball and softball fields of UD, and it's right past UD Arena. So it's pretty much where... Most of Dayton Flyers play their sports. The exceptions would be volleyball and soccer. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Track, maybe? I don't know. But 
easy access. Welcome Stadium could use a nice touch-up. They renovated the press box a while back now. But, yeah, it's heavily used. Could be a nice place. Going back towards the downtown arena, you might remember from Chuck Gabringer's episode and his book, Hockey in Dayton, that the downtown arena was almost a thing, and Dayton could have been home of American Hockey League team. And it didn't pan out, and that team became the Houston Arrows, who is now the Iowa Wild in Des Moines, Iowa. So yeah, that could happen. That is also a common theme as well, uh, downtown versus suburbs. It's kind of almost 50-50 where people want this new venue to be. In terms of, do you want it downtown where the Dragons are, or do you want it in the suburbs? My big thing is location, location, location. That's your big thing. If you're by an interstate or you're easy to get to, you're going to have a good time. If you're not close to an interstate or a busy road, you're going to have a bad time. And you can argue that Hair Arena, that was one of the downfalls. I mean, it's close to 70, but you got to do some traveling through Inglewood, then Dropwood. It is not convenient from the interstates to get to Hair Arena. So, that's Brian Reese's comments. Now we go to Brad Bowman on Facebook. His personal first choice will be a soccer stadium downtown near 5th 3rd Field. What the city needs, though, is an arena in that area. An ice arena could be used by hockey, indoor football, basketball, and other sports. Where soccer stadium... You use it for outdoors. Maybe a minor league lacrosse team could come in. Soccer, of course. That's really about it. And he also mentions that Fifth Third Field is probably the area to build around and create an entertainment district in that area. There's not a lot of space anymore because buildings are starting to pop up. And in fact, the apartments right out of right field of Fifth Third Field or being worked on. They should be done by this summer sometime. Should be done by the time the Dragon season ends and people are watching and then that's it. We move on to the B-Man, John Bolio. And he was a guest on this podcast a while back. You can listen to all these by going to com slash podcast and pick your favorite platform and go back and listen to it. It's a really cool interview I did with B-Man. Anyway, perfect spot for a small arena in the Oregon District right next to Troll Pub across from the Dublin Pub. Ryan our own entertainment district or a hockey-ready small arena right off 75 in West Carrollton at the old Roberts spot. And that was talked about, still talked about on this podcast. In fact, now you can just see most of the rubble gone. The company that did the demolition did a really nice job, really quick. And it's still being worked on. I don't know if they took down the fences yet or not, but there you go. It's right off 75. In the old days, it used to be if you're heading eastbound, you get on north 75. If you're heading west, you can get in south 75. And if you couldn't, well, you stopped at the nearest light, you turned, and got to where you needed to go. Yeah, it was a pain in the butt. They fixed that a couple years back, and now it's nice. So there you go. Again, easy access. It's right off 75, and you're going to see it. You're going to see it if you go northbound. You're going to see it southbound, especially if the traffic is backed up. 
you're going to see it. Location, location, location. Chuck Gabringer, like I mentioned, was on the podcast. You should buy the book, Hockey in Dayton. You'll like it, trust me. Downtown, nowhere else. We've tried the suburbs for 50 years. Solid point. I mean, look at the Dragons. They're drawing well from downtown Dayton. Joe Bover on Facebook mentioned that a 4,500-seat arena for hockey near UD and Oregon District. You need the hockey fan to have a place to go before and after. Add an ECHL franchise. Convince the previous ownership to pay their debts so you can get the Bombers name back and bring that team back. He mentions that we don't need a league that isn't managed well. I wonder what league that could be, but there you go. The rink could then host Flyers hockey as well. Maybe take some of the pressure away from Kettering Ice Arena just because of the fact that with the shortage of rinks we have around Dayton, you know, time is sparse. And college hockey, well, this is club. It's not, you know, it's not technically a collegiate sport like the Miami Red Hawks or the Bowling Green Falcons, the two teams along the 75 corridor in the state. It's not like that. You don't get scholarships for your play, and you do have to buy your own equipment. But there you go. Like I mentioned, be great thing to have. And now we move on to Twitter. That was all the Facebook comments. Want to thank everyone for leaving their name. Of course, Joe Bover is the father of Kevin Bover, the senior goalie for the Beaver Creek Beavers hockey and lacrosse team. Also, got to work with him with the Post Ohio District Tournament in Springfield early March. And now to Twitter with... Another former guest, Tony Peters. You might know him from the Southwest Ohio Full Court podcast. He mentions two tweets. I replied to him from the podcast one. But his first one, he'd love to see an NBA team in either Cincinnati or Columbus. Which, if you know your history, there was the Cincinnati Royals. You might know them as the Sacramento Kings, and you might know them for Luke Walton's hiring, and now Luke Walton being accused of sexual assault. I don't know any details on that, but there you go. You can find out yourself. And Columbus, well, they had an affiliate of the Houston Rockets back in the 90s as the Columbus Horizon. Never the home of an NBA team, if I'm remembering right. Big thing is... Cleveland, Indiana. That's your two closest NBA teams. I'm sure if Cincinnati did get a team, which I don't know if they ever will again or not. I mean, Cleveland, Cincinnati, that'd be a fine rivalry, but is it too close to Indianapolis? I don't know. I think basketball is big in the state, and with the following for Wright State, Dayton, Xavier, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and other colleges, there'd be more of an interest. Let's say 30,000 seats and expand once it grows more. This would be more towards Cincinnati, which is fine. And then I asked, hey, if you have Cincinnati or Columbus with an NBA team, do you see Dayton being the home of a G League team? Which back in the day used to be the D League. And now it's the G League because Gatorade. Yum. The reply I got back from Tony Peters I think a G League in Dayton would be fantastic. One thought with an arena would be sharing with the UD teams at UD Arena. Realistically, that would be quite difficult, so I'd say build a medium-sized arena in southern Dayton, somewhere by the Dayton Mall. be a good location, 
A 10,000-seat arena for a G League team is plenty, not only for the G League team, but now you have an additional venue for high school basketball tournaments and could be another venue for flying to the hoop as it continues to grow. Trent Arena is beautiful. That's the home of the Kettering Fairmont Firebirds. However, parking is quite the nightmare. As someone that's got to work one flying to the hoop and got to broadcast it and SUV TV still hasn't paid me back, but they blocked me on Twitter. <sighs> yeah, I probably should let that go, but I can't. Like I mentioned, Trent Arena, beautiful, but parking is a bit tight. Mentioned the Dayton Mall, and that was actually one of my ideas I had flowing and wrong, and I'll get to it later. But good location, right by the interstate, and you're right by two state routes that are heavily trafficked. Trafficked? Yeah. So, great tweets, great ideas. And the last one from you, the fans of the local Sunday Sports Podcast, is from Dakota Johnson. And no, it's not the actress from Fifty Shades of Grey. It is one of the coaches for the Springfield Blue Jackets. And a very, very passionate hockey fan. Also has a picture of him in goal, and then there's a beach ball that goes in past him. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but yeah. Good guy, also used to write for the Sinbin for the Cincinnati Cyclones. Which, spoilers, they have moved on to the second round of the playoffs. Hooray. Austin Landing would probably be the most obvious place to put an arena. There are a couple places. A smaller Hera-sized building, which is 5,500, could work in Springfield. Regardless, if Dakota's in charge, it's a pro hockey team, preferably ECHL. And there you go. Thanks to all the fans that dropped a comment. It's it's really cool when I get people, you know, into this. There were a couple more Facebook comments, but uh, there was two of them saying, you should interview me for the podcast. Um, and one of them already got interviewed. And Michael, I'll interview you again if I get on the play-by-play stories podcast. There you go. There's my ransom note. When when fans get to chip in, I love it because it, I feel like it's not just me blabbing your head off with all this stuff. But there you go. A lot of great ideas. Like I mentioned, downtowns mentioned, Austin Landing, West Carrollton. You know, soon to be home of Spike It LLC, a, an indoor and outdoor volleyball facility. So that would be very cool once that gets built. That lot is currently empty. It's weird not seeing the paper plant there, but there you go. It'll be nice to see that building in West Carrollton. Now hopefully the roads will be fixed and not giant potholes the size of my head. So here are my plans for it. I mentioned location is the big thing. You need something that you can call your own. You don't want to see minor league teams really play at high schools and not being able to use their own logo type of thing. I mean, let's let's face it. If you have a G League team, you want the G League logo on the court. You don't want, oh, you know. And I know that probably sounds terrible and harsh, but what I'm getting at is you want to be able to have your own place. You don't have to worry about other things. There you go. Now, if you have a basketball hockey arena, that gets tricky because, you know, 
tearing up a quartz to put, you know, to get rid of it, and then there's the ice underneath. It's not great, and also, I always thought that playing on top of an ice rink for it, you know, it kind of affected basketball play just because you had the cold coming through, but I don't know if that's true or not. Location's the big thing. Dayton Mall was mentioned. My original thought was one of the anchor spots are open, and I don't see Elder Bierman coming back from the dead. I know the company that bought him tried to reopen a Carson's. I forget where at in Illinois, but uh wasn't too great, so I'm not seeing it happen. So why not take the Elder Bierman wing? If you remember a long time ago, about... Was it Cincinnati Mills at the time, or was it still Forest Fair Mall? Actually, it had to be Cincinnati Mills, because this is when Biggs declared bankruptcy at a grocery store. Oh, I'm sorry. Hypermarket. Anyway, when they declared bankruptcy, Biggs, they uh, left a large store behind at what's now Forest Fair Village. And the plans were to put a three-hockey rink arena where Biggs stood. Never came to fruition. Why not rebuild... Well, I don't know if rebuild's the right word. Why not renovate Elder Beerman and make that an arena? You have the mall there, which you can argue is good and bad. I mean, parking... (laughs) Parking will be, you know, all right until you get to the holiday season, and then it's not so all right, but there you go. But you have things to do there. There are places to eat around the Dayton Mall, and you could also, I don't know, get some of that traffic back from Austin Landing, which is just down the road on 741. If you've been at Austin Landing, there's some open space left. Don't know how long it'll stay, but there you go, because there seems to be new things popping in and out that place. Which, in case you don't know, Austin Landing is an outdoor mall of sorts. Except it's not really a mall. It's a mixed-use place. You got apartments there. You got a movie theater, like I mentioned. Office buildings. Kroger's there. You have Kohl's. Is that TJ Maxx or Marshall's? One of the two's there. Mike's Nashville Hot. There you go. And a fountain. You have a fountain there, too. Isn't that great? No, but the access to 75, that makes it a nice place there. Dayton Mall, you have to get off the highway, and it's less than a mile to get to the mall. So I think that's a nice location, too. The pro of having it at Austin Landing is if you build it right at Austin and 75, people are going to see that. Again, north and southbound, you're going to see that venue there. Building out the Dayton Mall, eh, you can kind of see the mall if you're going north on 75 towards 725, but at the same time, you kind of can't because there's hotels there and everything. So if you do it right, you can make it visible from the highway. I mean, Macy's has that big giant sign above their store that says Macy's. And you can kind of see that from the highway, so you could probably do that for the mall as well. Now we move on to downtown. Dragons have done a lot of good for Dayton, Ohio. I don't need to tell you that. I probably don't need to tell you that, in case you're listening, that's not Cincinnati or Dayton area. 
big thing is downtown's got apartments that are rising up from the ground, like literally rising up. It's just phantom, phantom apartments. We can't stop them. It's a big problem here. Please help. <laughs> I mean, apartments are being built up. Some of the old buildings are getting knocked down. It could happen. It could happen in Dayton, Ohio. It can happen downtown. If you build it right by Fifth Third Field, I mean, you're building another venue there. The original venue was supposed to be where the Dayton Convention Center is now. Can you tear that down to build an arena? I don't think that's in the cards. I think they want to keep the convention center, but I don't know. There's a nice little hallway to get to the Crown Plaza, which is a hotel in Dayton. I mean, there's that. So, I mentioned money is not an issue, so build whatever you want. I would try to build it. You don't want to build it too big. Then you have the problem of people aren't coming to the games, and it looks like a giant cavern. That was a problem with the bombers moving to the Nutter Center because it was just too big. Once sold out, a lot of Wright State games. I mean, the attendance back in the 90s was spectacular. Although Wright State still leads the Horizon League in attendance per game, which is quite awesome. At the same time, though, I mean, you don't want to see banners covering the seats. You don't want to see it taped off. So, I, I think 5,000 is, you know, is the median that I go by. And it's just because of the fact that 5,000, you, you market it well. You get a minor league team in. You do your advertising. You do your marketing out there. Bam. People are going to come out and people are going to be a part of it. Now, which sport would I would do? Hockey. If I was a play-by-play broadcaster, of course. But hockey, basketball would be a nice fit. I mentioned, I don't know if the air strikers are still a thing or not. I've looked up, and there's three losses on the year. If you can market it right and get the butts in the seats, you can make it success here in Dayton, Ohio. And that's my big thing. Outdoor venues is something I really wasn't thinking of, but... It's a strong point. I mean, Doc Stadium is really, really nice. And you have Roger Glass Stadium at CJ. Both are owned by their high schools. Doc Stadium's West Carrollton. CJ is Chaminade Julian. They have Roger Glass Stadium. We have a lot of nice outdoor venues. Like I mentioned, Welcome Stadium's nice, but it could use a touch-up. But still plenty of parking. And there's also that whole thing of what do you do before and after. The Dynamo had this deal with the Dayton Beer Company and a bus company, I forget who. But you could pregame at Dayton Beer Company downtown, take the bus, go to the match, and then come back and postgame. I mean, that's that's an idea. But at the same time, you want something close right there type of thing. So that's the downfall with Welcome Stadium is I mean, there's fast food and there's sports bars across the river but, you know. That's just something I've been thinking about. It's something that normally if I had time, I'd start drawing these ideas for a venue. It's like, hey, here's what I plan. That type of thing. I, I I was pleasantly surprised that someone did mention the Dayton Mall. I'd say tear down Erdo Bierman or... No, actually, I'd say tear down Erdo Bierman because, A, I don't see him coming back. 
and B, Sears is on the other side, which is further away from the interstate, and that part is not as seen. And at the same time, I think parking is a lot better at the Elder Beerman side than it is at Sears. Both are gone. Now, in case you're wondering why I didn't mention the Fairfield Commons Mall, because they also have Elder Beerman that's still sitting there, and Sears, well, that Sears is being turned into part furniture store, part Dave and Buster's type of place, and Round One Entertainment. And that's supposed to be opening next year, I think. So there goes Sears. Is it close to the highway? Yeah, it's close to 675. Is it a busy is it a busy corridor? You bet. I didn't think of that because there's another center of Wright State. And again, you're wondering, but if there's venues available, why not just go those? Why waste the manpower, the woman power, and the materials to build a venue if you got some in the area? Because the rent is outrageous. And this would be, you know, places for teams that don't have the big budgets. I mean, the Bombers, when they moved to another center, oh, I'm going off memory. You can listen to it in episode 93, but I think it was like, what, 25000 per game to use the ice? I still wish the Bombers built that practice rink around another center. Of course, that probably mean no Mills Morgan Center, which is where the basketball teams practice. But there you go. So, no, I didn't take an account to the previous venues because of the fact that, I mean, would they be okay for minor league sports? Yeah, but I was kind of sad that the Dayton Wolf Pack didn't play a single snap at the Nutter Center because I was in talks with them to become either a PA announcer or a play-by-play guy. And... I was really looking forward to because indoor football is amazing. And I do miss the Dayton Sharks in my two years doing that at Hair Arena. But there you go. Dayton has such a great sports history here. You're talking about the first NFL game played here, Dayton versus Columbus, back in 1920 to help start what we know as the NFL today. And by the way, the draft is tomorrow. And I don't know if they're doing a draft pick at Triangle Park. I do know the NFL is giving Dayton some turf that's used for some of their games like the Seattle Seahawks and everything to Triangle Park. So that is quite interesting and quite nice that that's happening. Dayton is a great sports market. And before you laugh your head off saying, no, it's not, you have to market these things. Social media just isn't going to cut it. I mean, sure, I find out most about the stuff and then I share it, but same time, you gotta have access to the other fans out there that might not have social media or might not be on social media as much. If you build a perfect venue, you will find the perfect sports scene. So there's my ideas. Uh, I've mentioned a couple of suburb ones. Roberts would be a very nice spot. Austin Landing right off the highway. Dayton Mall's there. Now, you might have figured it out if you're a local that I didn't mention any northern areas. If you go too far north, then you're competing with Hobart Arena, which they do a nice job taking care of that arena. The city of Troy does. Uh, I mean, 
look at Huber Heights and the Rose Music Center. That'd be a fine place for it. But if you really want that Dayton pride, you want to go where it's been successful, and I would definitely say build towards downtown Dayton. Build towards Fifth Third Field. And you can have that place hopping year-round. So that's the look at the perfect venue. If there's any more comments that trickle through, I'll probably add them on to a future episode. But I appreciate all you that have dropped comments, even the ones that are saying that, you know, they should be interviewed on the podcast. I do appreciate it, and I also appreciate you listening to this podcast. As we're talking episode 94, really quick, it is Wright State Dayton Day. Go out to Warner Field at DPNL Stadium and watch the game. Raiders, Flyers, Gem City Slam. I don't care if that's not a real term. That's what I use, so there you go. No, it's it's really cool. Whenever Wright State and Dayton play, and I get to announce... It always puts a giant smile on my face because I think my alma mater and the school that employed me first, I started working with Wright State about two years after my um, first games of UD. But it's really cool. And it's a great Dayton battle. And both these college baseball teams are really, really good. So come on out. It's free admission. It should be a nice day. I think it's supposed to get up to the high 60s so and did I mention it's free all you have to do is show up and you can spend nine innings with me talking baseball or something well don't talk to me about baseball I have to work but you get what I'm saying come on out support these two teams it's free also the Flyers have a five game homestand they fell late to Toledo yesterday Wright State's at DPNL Stadium this afternoon at 3. And Friday, Saturday, Sunday will be the next home A-10 series as it's the St. Joseph's Hawks flying in to take on the Flyers. And UD has just dropped one A-10 series that was at home to Richmond, a very strong-hitting Richmond Spider team. And currently Dayton sits at second place. They were picked in the bottom half of the A-10, and they are one game back of Virginia Commonwealth University. Yeah, this Flyer team is good. The Fly Boys and the Raider Gang. Come on out, and if you can't follow along, there is a broadcast. Actually, there are two broadcasts, but one is tape delayed. There is a broadcast on GemCitySports.com, Radio 1 by Doug Brown. And there's a tape delay for Dayton Access Television by Kent Jacobs. And I'll try to share those links as the time goes along. But yeah, Wright State Dayton! Wright State Dayton! Wright State Dayton! Another note about Wright State and Dayton. Normally, it's at Nishwitz Stadium. This year, it's at DPNL Stadium. I don't know why the change, but I like it. I don't know if Dayton's going to Nishwitz Stadium this year or not. Hopefully they do, and hopefully I'm available, but man, this month has been busy. Whew. That's a big sigh to tell you how much I've worked, but there you go. Dragons, on the other hand, 
The Dayton Dragons will be back home tomorrow for a three-game stand. I believe the Great Lakes Loons are in town, the single-A affiliate of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And it's also the team that has their ESPN affiliate right in the stadium. Literally, they have their studio right at Dow Diamond. It's pretty cool. I wonder if that could ever be a thing at Fifth Third Field. You know, have a sports station talk about local sports and not Ohio State spring football. And, hey, did this Buckeye take a brief yet? Oh, he did. Let's talk nine hours about it. Yeah. Um, But anyway, that's uh, my little rant of the day because that's what you like to hear. I mentioned Cincinnati Cyclones. They have moved on. They took the series from the Kalamazoo Rings 4-2, nothing at U.S. Bank last night. And now we'll take on the Toledo Walleye. That's a great rivalry, Cincinnati-Toledo. And that series can go either way, really. But I really like the Cincinnati team. I have to think that they'll get to the Kelly Cup. But Toledo's no slouch. Walleye have been really, really strong since shedding the Toledo Storm logo and moving into the the Huntington place. The Huntington Center? The the bank. You know, the bank that's green and is Huntington. There you go. There's been a lot of company names mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> Maybe I should start church. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that arrogant. But there you go. Hey, how about Columbus? How about those Blue Jackets? Not only was that the first ever playoff series win, that's the first time a President's Cup winning team failed to win a playoff game. Wow. How is that for some humble pie? Answer, it's gross. I prefer cherry or apple pie. But, (laughs) no, the Blue Jackets winning that, that's huge. And... Earlier this week, you have 5,200 people watching a practice at Nationwide Arena in Columbus. How about that? That's impressive. Hats off, Blue Jackets. And it'll be interesting to see what Columbus does against Boston. They just recently won the best of seven against Toronto. And it'll be Bruins Blue Jackets. Can't wait to see how this turns up. And now, talk about the Columbus Destroyers. Their season starts Saturday, you know. Hard to believe, but yeah. It's nice to see the Destroyers back. I mentioned this on previous podcast episodes. And yes, I know it's not Cincinnati or Dayton, but there's sometimes I talk about Columbus Pro Sports. Crew, Clippers, Destroyers. And I mentioned the Columbus Horizon of all teams. (laughs) I don't know how many people remember that. I don't remember how I found out about it, but yeah. There you go. They were the affiliate of the Houston Rockets for a little bit. But um, I don't know how that really panned out for Houston or anything. So there you go. But yeah, I'll talk a little Columbus Pro Sports. Talk a little bit Pro Sports around here. Definitely Cincinnati, which, by the way, great win for the Reds last night. They're starting to turn things around. Yes, still in last place. But you got to figure those bats are going to catch fire soon. And holding a very strong, very balanced Atlanta Braves team. I was starting to get worried. And then we load the bases, and then I found out they didn't score any. I was starting to get worried. And it turns out, it was okay. The Reds won at 7-6. Dragons on the other side, I think they're starting to figure things out. 
They did give up a 4-0 lead at Lake County two nights ago. They won 7-4 thanks to Manzanero, Pavel Manzanero, the catcher slash DH. He had three home runs last night, joins him with Willie Mopena, Juan Francisco, and another name that escapes me at the top of my head at the moment. Three home runs in a game. That's very impressive. The series concludes this afternoon, which is Wednesday, the 24th, with a noon game. And you can bet when I'm heading to UD, I'll be listening to it to see how the Dragons fare. Trying to think what else is happening. There's high school baseball. So far, only two days, four games got rained out, and I think they're scheduled to be made up somewhere. Mama Mater Valley View. That was one of the games that got rained out. They were scheduled to take on the National Trailblazers. And it was also Franklin Monroe and Arcanum, the Battle of State Route 49 in Dark County. Literally, the schools are literally just a stone's throw across the state route. Also at Lancaster and Springboro. And there's another game on there. I guess that got canceled. Because uh, I thought it was Lancaster-Springboro. Actually, did it get moved down? It did. That was Mississinawa Valley Northwestern. That's now Saturday, May the 4th at 7 o'clock. There you go. There's not a lot of high school games left. As you followed me along on Twitter, Dayton Christian took care of Layman Catholic, and Fort Loramie took down Versailles. The next high school games at Fifth Third Field start Tuesday, April 30th, and I'll be there, I think, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. On the 30th, we'll have Springfield versus Wayne and Dixie versus Milton Union. Two conference battles there. Springfield Wayne in the Greater Western Ohio Conference. Dixie Milton Union in the Southwestern Buckeye League. Wednesday, May the 1st, that's the game I have circled. West Liberty Salem takes on Mechanicsburg. But the game I'm really looking at, Preble Shawnee versus Twin Valley South. And I'm kind of hoping there's no announcers that show up for that game because I really want to do that game. Because I spent most of my childhood going to Twin Valley South for moving to Valley View and seeing the Panthers get to play at Fifth Third Field. That's pretty cool. Also getting to see Preble Shawnee. You get to see two Preble County schools play there. So that's pretty cool. Thursday, May 2nd, it's Springfield versus Middletown and Springfield Shawnee versus Beaver Creek. And Saturday, May 4th, we'll have three games. I heard it could be up to four games. That's a lot of games. Lima Senior takes on Lida. Covington takes on St. Henry, and Mississinawa Valley takes on Northwestern. That was one of the games that got rained out. So there you go. You can find this at DaytonDragons.com. Go to Schedule, and then click High School Baseball. It is presented by Mount St. Joseph University. And there you have it. That is your wrap-up of local sports in the area. Episode 95, what will it be about? I'm not quite sure yet. I wanted to do a continuation of episode 93 just because it's something that it's what I'm passionate about. I want to see Dayton sports being celebrated and not just, hey, there's Ohio State and Columbus. Do you want to hear about that? No, I don't. I want to hear what's happening in Dayton and Cincinnati. So there you go. Again, this podcast now part of the Rise Up podcast community. Visit them at bit.ly slash Rise Up Pod Community. Don't forget to capitalize the R and Rise, the U and Up, the P and Pod, and the C and Community. 
and check out the podcast there. There's a lot of great ones. And also, visit OvertimeHeroics.com slash forums. You can register for free and talk about all the sports you want, all the teams you want. It's all there. And check out the sports podcasts that are advertised on there as well. This one being one of the newest ones to join the fray. And go ahead and interact with us there on the forums. Again, OvertimeHeroics.com slash forums. Again, you can register for free. And that will conclude the book on episode 94 of the Gem and the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find your favorite platform to listen to this podcast, the LeeWMallon.com slash podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at the LeeWMallon or the podcast at Gem on Queen Crown. We hope to see you there. Give the Facebook page a like while you're at it. The Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast, and the LeeWMallon.com for all your broadcasting announcing needs from Dayton, Ohio. From me, Lee W. Mallon. That's me. Right State Dayton today. Go out and watch it. I'll be there too. We'll talk to you again for episode 95 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. This has been another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the local Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast. Closing theme by James Anderson from FreePD.com. Follow the podcaster on Twitter at the Lee W Mowen, spelled T H E L E W M O W E N, and the podcast on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown. For every link and platform available to listen to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast. Would you like a question about sports answered on the podcast? Send a message on Twitter at either account or visit theleewmowen.com and click Contact Me and your question might be answered in a future episode. Thank you for listening and your support of this podcast.